0: This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissick. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissick. Welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have with me today, the wonderful Sam Allred. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, Rob. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Sam, super to have you on. Some people may not have come across you, so tell us a bit about your background and your areas of passion and expertise.
1: Uh, I've spent my entire career in public accounting. I started with one of the big eight firms, Maine Herdman, that's now become KPMG, one of the big four. I started in compliance and, and the door opened to get into consulting within my second year of my career. So I've spent most of my entire career on the consulting side of things, being an advisor to clients. About 20 years ago, I started to work with accounting firms full-time. So for almost 21 years, I have worked with literally four to 500 accounting firms across North America, started an organization called Upstream Academy. It's really management consulting with accounting firms, helping them get continually better, helping them become high-performance firms. That's really what we're focused on. What
0: kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right
1: now, Sam? Well, I think it's in great shape. When we started into this pandemic, there was concern, what's going to be the impact? There were a lot of firms that did projections saying, well, how will we do if we're 30% below budget? The vast majority of clients I have are somewhere between 5 and 12% above their last year budget that they set coming into this year, not knowing there would be a pandemic. Most of them have eclipsed their performance last year. And the vast majority of clients I have last year was their best year ever. So when you ask how we're doing, to think that we would do that well in the face of a global pandemic, it just tells you how resilient we are, how needed we are with clients. And so the vast majority of clients I have are having a banner year in the midst of a significant pandemic that borders on recession at times.
0: But that's purely down to your intervention, isn't it, that they're doing so well?
1: Thanks for pointing (laughs) out what I thought was the obvious.
0: (laughs) So what are the challenges that accounting firms are facing right now. Yeah, you're talking about some good stories there and some uplift, but that's unusual. We are in tough times, aren't we?
1: Well, the biggest challenge that they were facing coming into this year was how do you retain good people? Certainly a pandemic helps in that retention, but that certainly was their biggest issue headed into this year. That and the fact that they have such a high percentage of partners retiring, the baby boomer bubble as it moves through. Most firms face significant retirement of partners and that changes dynamics, it changes relationships. It certainly spreads opportunity throughout the firm for those that are younger. But those are probably the biggest challenges. One of them that came because of this year is firms realized that they could work remotely. I mean, it was overnight. They went from expecting everybody to be in the office to working very effectively remotely. And they were excited that they could make a change that quick. But with that has come a challenge that the remote workforce is proven difficult to hang on to your culture, keep it as high as it was in the past with a remote workforce. And that caused a lot of concerns. The best firms speak very highly of culture. They say it's everything. Culture is how everybody feels about the firm, how everybody thinks about the firm, how everybody talks about the firm. Can you maintain that high culture when you have a remote workforce, when people don't literally work with each other? I know you can do Zoom and you can do all kinds of things, but that's not the same as working side by side and being on a project and handling a difficult situation and encountering a challenging client or whatever it is. And firms have a really high element of, Concern right now. What do we do to strengthen culture when there's no apparent window opening that looks like we're going to be back together really soon, working side by side in an office? So that's a big concern right now.
0: The firms that are getting it right with culture at distance,
1: what are they doing well? I don't know that I would say any firm wants to stand up there and wave their flag and say, look at us, shine a spotlight. Caring about it is a start. Yeah. I mean, there are firms out there that don't care about it, that don't even think about it. Just caring about it means you'll bring a focus to it. You'll continually try things. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's what the best firms are doing now. They're trying lots of different things. They're saying, okay, Zoom meetings aren't enough. So what can we begin to do? They're delving more into their employees' family situation and, and what do they need and how can they allow them to celebrate something at home, be it a birthday, an anniversary, a graduation, a marriage, whatever it might be. Even though we can't all be there, what can we do to represent the firm? Firms are trying and doing lots of different things. I don't worry about those firms. If they care about it and they're trying things, they're smart enough, they'll figure things out. This is a different environment, so you have to feel your way through it. You don't look at any kind of a handbook and it tells you, here's what you do in a global pandemic to maintain culture at a distance.
0: Sure. And when you care about it, you're more intentional with it, aren't you? You're more purposeful. Do
1: you know what, Rob? Intentionality is what makes those firms the best firms. Yeah. Seriously. They're intentional about the right things at the right time. And intentionality means that they're not just hoping, living what I call the strategy. Of hope. And I always say hope's a sweet, wonderful virtue, but it stinks as a strategy. <laughs> and there's a lot of firms that live the strategy of hope. They hope everything will work out. And hope never delivers in that way. Yeah. Hope is more faith based, but it doesn't deliver from a business standpoint. And so I think the firms that are intentional are the ones that are going to win. And when you say win, what does
0: getting it right look like? What are the upsides of a strong culture?
1: Oh, I think you retain people. It's the glue that keeps everybody there. Rob, it's the glue that keeps your rock stars and your superstars at the firm. I mean, a rock star is just the steady uh, individual that always delivers. You can always count on. They'll always do the right thing. They'll always show up. They'll always be accountable. They'll always contribute. And a superstar is something that blows you away with their talent, skill, and ability. And you can't afford to lose rock stars and superstars. And very literally, culture is what keeps them engaged. It's what helps them advance. It's what keeps them at the firm. It's what keeps them talking positively about the firm to their peers and clients. And they're the ones that our clients value. They're the ones that partners value. They're the ones that most likely can become new partners, owners in the firm. And so culture is literally the glue that keeps your rock stars and superstars. And if, if it's strong, you're going to retain them. If it's not strong, they're going to go somewhere else. I have a saying, but nobody chooses a dysfunctional family. If you're born into one, you make the most of it, but nobody makes that as a conscious choice. And when a firm doesn't have a strong culture in so many ways, they look dysfunctional and you're right rock stars and superstars who have the most options in the marketplace, they'll go somewhere else. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. And
0: I don't know if it's the same in North America there, Sam, but certainly when you talk to managing partners of large accounting firms over here in the UK and you say, what is your biggest challenge? Very often they'll say, getting enough of the right people to drive our growth. Do you find that over there?
1: Oh yeah. It's all about people. I'm sure you've read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, mm-hmm. but his chapter three of that book, it ought to be chiseled in stone somewhere because it is so sensical in, in what it teaches, but it's the team bus. Yeah. It's, it's get the wrong people off the bus, get the yeah. right people on your firm bus and get them in the right seats. And it's not a lot more complex than that. And I think the really good firms do a wonderful job of exactly that. Recognizing very early who shouldn't be on our firm bus. And it's strange. I have found firms, the impression they give you about an individual is they're not very good, but they're better than nobody at all. That is <laughs> the most foolish statement there is. Yeah. And so the really good firms understand that. They get great people, they keep them. It's all about keeping great people because that's what allows you to fulfill your promises while your clients perpetuate the firm. Everything good comes from having your right people on the bus.
0: Mm. Let's talk about the career path for an accountant. If you're coming into this game. Would you be excited by a career in accounting right now, Sam? Because it's changed, doesn't it? It's not what it was a few years back.
1: It's changed. The answer is an emphatic yes if you understand the benefits offered by a career in public accounting. The challenge, I think, is firms don't do a very good job selling themselves at all. We have a leadership program. Upstream Academy has a leadership program. It's called ELA, Emerging Leaders Academy. And at any given time, it's got 500 plus people in it. And these people are handpicked. It's not a self-selection program by partners in their firm because there's a belief this will be our next partner. These will be partners. So it's full of people that are handpicked to be the best of the best, if you will. And we have conferences each year and there's so many of them. We never all put them in one conference. You don't want a conference with 500 people in it and hope you'll have great interaction and give them a chance to share and all that kind of stuff. Have it feel like a workshop. We try to keep it in groups of probably 85 to 90 or less. These individuals have generally been with their firm probably eight years, nine years. So I mean, long enough to know what it's like. So in table rounds of five to seven people around a table, I gave them an exercise. In multiple conferences, This the same exercise. And it was, if you or anybody chose to just stay at your firm and make that their entire career, what would be the benefits? What would be the significant benefits if they chose to just stay where they are and make that their career? Not look over the fences. They came out with 23 significant benefits. I'd ask, you know, share a benefit. Somebody would raise their hand. I'd call them and they'd say, you get to work with professionals every single day. And immediately a hand would go up. I thought it was somebody wanting to share another one. And so I would call on that person. They'd say, I just want to make a comment about what was just shared. And then the comment that I heard on every one of these things was, don't take this for granted. I was in a public accounting firm. I left, I went to industry. And on day one, I realized I was no longer working with professionals. Mm -hmm. And you look at these things. The ability to specialize, flexibility, financial stability. I mean, job security, you don't have firms that go out of business. The respect in a community, the fact that you get to work on a whole variety of stimulating things, that you've got a path to partner, that you're always asked to take the high road. You're never asked to do something that's immoral or illegal or unethical. And and it went on and on, 23 significant benefits. And, And I think you'd be hard pressed to find another industry that would offer 23 significant benefits like that. So when you asked me, would you be excited about a career in public accounting? I said, boy, if you really knew what it offered, I don't know who else offers what we have. It's unbelievable. But firms don't do a good job of touting that. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you not tell somebody, here's the 20 benefits you could get if you made this your career. So if you ever are enticed to look over the fence, match up these benefits. Because so often the stories of how many people left and then immediately recognized one of them was advancement opportunities. Somebody said in an accounting firm, everybody shares advancement opportunities. And a young lady raised her hand and I called on her and she said, you know what? I left public accounting. I went into private industry and I realized there were such limited advancement opportunities. If there was a new opportunity, only one person could get it. So nobody wanted to help you. Mm -hmm. It wasn't collaborative. It wasn't teamwork. Everybody was fighting to see who could get this advancement opportunity. She said that was so foreign from being in an accounting firm where everybody could be advanced to supervisor, to manager, to senior manager, on to partner if they wanted to, and were willing to work for it, that's kind of an amazing thing.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you hear emerging leaders, as you call them, want to be partners saying, I don't know what I need to do to make partner. Where does that come from? Is that a cultural thing? Is that a leadership thing? The firm's um, not
1: communicating that, that? If it's a leadership thing, Rob, it's poor leadership. Yeah. Too many firms struggle to clarify what the path is to partner it's almost like they mystify it rather than clarify it. The whole path seems shrouded in mystery. And so if I'm a manager and I say to a partner, how am I doing and what do I need to do? I'm more likely to hear you doing just fine. Yeah. We'll let Stick in around. In. You'll be okay. We'll look yeah. after you. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when you're ready. And, <laughs> and they're not willing to say, Sam, here are your strengths. You need to play more to these strengths. And Sam, here are your weaknesses. And you need to do some damage control because we're not really anxious to have you bring these weaknesses into this partner group. Mm-hmm. And these are the specific things you need to work on and here's where you are in the path and here's your reasonable timeline and we're willing to help you. I make that sound easy, but Rob, it's not rocket science. And I'm no. amazed how many firms struggle to clarify their path to partnership and how many young people are sincerely frustrated by not knowing where they are. You couldn't devise something that would be more frustrating to somebody than to mystify the path and never let them know where they are.
0: No, I totally get that. When we look at the demographics of- of an accounting firm. And you hinted at it earlier, Sam. We have had these baby boomers in situ at the top there's going to be a vacuum because the average partner in the UK at least is around 52, 53 years old. They're moving up and on. We've got other people coming through, the millennials and the Gen X and Gen Zs. Are they equipped well enough, do you feel, as leaders to take over the mantle from these baby boomers and carry on with these firms?
1: Oh, certainly some of them are. I think that we do a poor job of rapidly developing the skills of these young people. Let's go back to that word intentional. And listen, that differentiates a firm. Every single thing we've talked about differentiates a high-performing firm from a low-performing firm. Yeah, I mean, in a high-performing firm, they will identify their up-and-coming partners seven years out, seven years before they become a partner. And they'll call them their bench strength or some other term. And they'll say, these are the ones that we believe have what it takes to become a partner. Let's work with these. They'll be assigned a partner to be their coach. They'll work with them. They'll work to develop their skills, rapidly develop skills. They'll work to do damage control on personal weaknesses because frankly, everybody's got some weaknesses and they'll be prepared to be a partner. You meet them that far out and you intentionally develop them. Those are the firms that are really well suited for the future that will easily perpetuate themselves because they're developing future partners. The vast majority of firms probably are waiting for them to develop themselves. You're in the bleachers and you're commenting on them on the field and how they're doing Hmm. and whether you think they're going to get to the end zone or not, rather than being on the field and helping them move the ball. And it, it is intentional. And I look at the best firms do an incredible job intentionally developing future partners. And yet other firms at the other end of the spectrum do a really poor job. They leave it up to the individuals to develop himself or herself. And development's pretty slow under that, that kind of pro, uh, that program.
0: Now, Accounting firms are hierarchical. They have a pyramid structure. There are less people at the top. So can everybody have a stellar career in accounting, Sam? Can everyone move up?
1: Oh, I think everybody could. The question is, will everybody? And the answer is no. I would say probably the biggest mistake that I see made when it comes to having a stellar career, most people get in the back seat of their career bus rather than getting their hands on the steering wheel. So I allow somebody else to make all those important decisions, what clients I'm going to work on, what engagements I'm going to be in charge of, what new skills I'm going to learn. In many cases, I'm sitting in the back seat of my career bus rather than trying to get in the front seat and get my hands on the steering wheel. And I'm allowing, other people to make those kinds of decisions for my career. And you got to be honest, people may love the people that work with them. The leaders may care deeply about them, but nobody is staying up late at night trying to figure out how to help Rob Brown have a stellar career. Mm -hmm. Rob's got to do that. Sam's got to do that. And in many cases, I'm amazed at people that will not get in the front seat and get their hands on their own steering wheel of their career. And so when you ask, can everybody have a stellar career? I think the answer is yes. Will they? no they could have a good career and likely will i think about those 23 benefits i shared what a wonderful place to be yeah but that's a good career a stellar career is this kind of career that you you want to talk about you're amazed by it. it's so many different aspects of a stellar career it's not just the financial side that i can afford to retire and do whatever i want to do but it's also that i made a difference in the lives of clients a literal difference where i heard time and time again you were such a better organization or i'm such a better individual because of your help that you You made a difference in the lives of your peers, that you develop friends, close lifelong friends from your clients and on and on and on. A stellar career in my mind is very different than a good career. Yet everybody could have that stellar career if they would apply themselves and do the basic things that it requires to have a stellar career. The things that I'm calling, getting your hands on the steering wheel of your career. And so often they don't.
0: Yeah. So in our methodology here at the Business Development Academy, we say that there are five core skills that are 21st century accountant needs to be super effective and have a stellar career. So see if you agree with these, Sam, and add any to the mix. So the first is technical skills. You've got to know your basics. Yeah. That's your foundation. Then there's technological skills. These days, you've got to know more than being able to turn a computer on and off. You've got to know your way around the tech and the app stack and everything else. Then you need commercial acumen, that business sense, almost an entrepreneurial spirit. After that, you need people skills, and these not in a particular order, but you've got to know how to talk to people. And empathy, which is not normally associated with CPAs and accountants. And that final one, then, is selling skills. And I'm not just talking about generating revenue and being that rainmaker, but you've got to be able to sell ideas and opinions and visions and things like that, haven't you? So they,
1: for us, are the core five. Would you add any to that? Rob, I might have approached it from a different standpoint. Certainly, I love every one of those skills. I think they're vital to having success. There's things that individuals do every day that may not necessarily be built skills, but it would get their hands on the steering wheel of their career. Some of those things would be learning what their strengths are and learning how to play to their strengths because strengths aren't necessarily one particular skill. Strengths are being able to recognize what unique talents and abilities has Sam already been given that Sam really needs to play to, to a significant extent.
0: The stuff you find easy that other people find difficult.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, I never thought I was a speaker until I was like, I don't know, 25, 26 years old into my career. And I gave a presentation one time and and I remember it didn't scare me to death for the first time. And I remember actually thinking in the middle of it, wow, you're doing pretty good. This is yeah. different. And, and so I took the time to think about it and, and ponder it and then and then do another one. And, and all of a sudden I found like, wait a minute, you're not scared to death and you're you don't mind tangents, you can find your way back. And so the more I opened those doors and explored that, I didn't realize when I was 26 that would ever be a strength. Yeah. I mean it wasn't when I was 12. It wasn't it when I was 18. But once I realized it was a strength, by pursuing that, it just opened door after door. Another thing that I would look at is comfort zones. The single biggest mistake I see people making and, and the difference between will I have a stellar career, just an okay career, how much do I like my comfort zone? How much do I want to stay in my comfort zone? Or how much am I willing to be uncomfortable? How much am I willing to feel the butterflies, stretch myself, do something I haven't done before? And I see people in our profession, unfortunately, thousands thousands. thousands of them that are willing to get in and stay in their comfort zone. And they might be very good at what they do, but they already know how to do it. So they're living off of existing skills.
0: Yeah. But wait a minute, Sam, we're talking about accountants here. they're risk averse. They want to play it safe. So in their comfort zone is a safe place
1: to be. Oh, it is. So think about how, what a blessing it is to advance rapidly. If in an accounting firm, you're willing to be one of the few that gets out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That takes on assignments. My all-time favorite quote by by Thomas Edison. He said, opportunity is missed by most people because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. Oh, yeah. So think about the individual that's willing to say, I'll take that difficult client. I'll take that engagement. I'll take that challenging assignment and use it as an incredible stepping stone and then turn around and look for another one. That's the interesting thing that I see so many people in our profession not doing. They don't want to feel the butterflies. Yeah, And the butterflies are what happens when we're willing to step out and stretch ourselves. They're Not willing to seek corrective feedback. They're not willing to go to people and say, Look, I want you to give it to me straight. How did I do in that presentation? How did I do on that assignment? What could I do better? And you know what? People around us every day know what we did. They know how we could do better, but they don't want to hurt our feelings. And it's awkward sometimes, usually, to give open, honest, constructive feedback. So if we never ask for it, we're likely not to hear it. Most evaluations aren't open, honest evaluations in our profession. They're perfunctory. So they can check a mark on the file and say, Say, hey, we did it. So that to me is something else somebody could do to get their hands on the steering wheel of their career, becoming an expert. So many people become really good generalists on a scale of one to ten, ten being world-class knowledge. They they're a five and six in a bunch of different stuff. You're gonna have a way better career if you're an eight, nine, or ten in fewer things than if you're a five or six in tons of different things.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded of the quote by John Maxwell there, Sam, where he says, Say no to the good, so you can say yes to
1: the great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So to me. That's what probably differentiates the stellar career from the okay career. And listen, okay career, that's not a negative. Our profession gives hundreds of thousands of people really good careers, but it could give them stellar careers. That's up to the individual. And the individual needs to be willing to say, I've got to work at it. I've got to get out of my comfort zone. I've got to be intentional. Stephen Covey, he had this time management matrix of four quadrants. Remember that? Yeah. At yeah. Earth- that the the How a matrix? Absolutely. And he talked a lot about getting stuck in quadrant one. Everything's urgent. Everything's important. Our profession, that's like a Hoover Deluxe vacuum. It sucks you into quadrant one and Mm. everything's urgent. They go from one urgent deadline to the next. Firefighting. Absolutely. And Cubby said if you want to have the highest quality life, the highest quality career, you'll spend time regularly in quadrant two. Things that are important, but they're not urgent. Yeah. And I remember that being such a Light bulb moment for me when I read that and started to do that. And now literally on a regular basis, I'm making quadrant two time available. Cause to me, that's what creates that stellar career is that it's planning, it's prevention, it's values, clarification, its processes, processes, those kinds of things. Those are the things that we need to spend more time on in quadrant two. And they're the kinds of things that sit in the corner of the room and they're very patient and say, you don't need to work on me right now. Now I'll be here whenever you find the time. So you have to become very disciplined to work on them because they never get in your face and demand your time. That to me is one of those stellar career paths is learn to spend time in quadrant two. Yeah,
0: this is fantastic, Sam. You work all over the world with professional firms. If people want to find out more about the great stuff that you do there at Upstream Academy, what's a good way for them to reach you?
1: Probably our website, upstreamacademy.com. That's the easiest way to reach us, see the kinds of things that we do that we can help with. And what would they find if they went there? They would find a host of programs. We do some consulting with firms one-on-one, actually a fair amount of it. But if you want to have the greatest impact, you've got to approach what you do in a far more leverageable manner by being able to help a hundred firms at one time rather than one firm at a time, you can make a bigger difference. So we develop an incredible amount of programs that help accounting firms get significantly better, measurably better. And uh, those programs are really well-attended, well-supported, and firms can do it from all over the globe, participate in those programs. So they would find a host of programs if they went to our Upstream Academy website.
0: That's fantastic. And would you leave us, Sam, for the accountants listening that do want to have a stellar career, that do want to make a difference, maybe even leave some kind of a legacy or footprint with their career? What would you say to them?
1: Uh, I'm going to go back to that word intentional that we've used. Quadrant two is all about deciding what to be intentional about. But if you never set aside the time, you'll never even and think about it and too many times people go through a day a week a year and just be largely reactionary so i would say be intentional set aside some time on a regular basis think big think deep look at the future look at what you really want and then develop and execute a plan so that you're intentionally moving the direction you want to go that's what i call getting the hands on the steering wheel of your career bus and not letting somebody else just steer it yeah
0: sam all right that's been fantastic thank you so much for your time today
1: you bet rob hey best wishes to you
0: this is the Accounting Influencers Podcast
1: with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Martin,
0: Accountex just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's the biggest, I'd say biggest show in Europe. And I'm thinking maybe the biggest show in the world. And What we know for sure is the one-stop shop for digital and in-person events. With the following it's built over the years, Accountex packs a punch that's with events that are dedicated to both the accounting and finance professionals. Yeah, and it's all CPD accredited as well. They've got a virtual summit coming up 10th, to 11th of November, which is free to attend. And they've got some interesting topics coming up there, haven't they? Digital assets, social mobility, future of cloud accounting, commercializing opportunities for NTD, penalty reform, not your normal lineup. Yeah, and it's all ramping up to the big event they've got going on in London at the Excel Arena. It's the largest in Europe, and if you want your CPD points, if you want to find out what's happening, don't forget to book that in your diary for the 11th and 12th of May. And there's a website they can go to, Martin. Yeah, accountx.co.uk, or indeed follow them
1: on Twitter at, at @accountx. That's at @accountx.